everybody, Chris Havery with you on another training camp edition of Chargers Weekly. The preseason opener is this Thursday in Arizona against the Cardinals. A little later, ABC 7's Kurt Sandoval and the Athletics' Daniel Popper join me with a preview. Plus, the guys share their observations two weeks into camp. But first, two huge pieces of the defense. Quarterback Casey Hayward and linebacker Denzel Perryman. We got some star power on Chargers Weekly this week. Cornerback Casey Hayward joins me. We've been waiting on Denzel Perryman for how long now? Man, probably about a good 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Good 20. 20 minutes. Hopefully we'll get Denzel at some point during this interview, man. But how are you doing, man? We're almost two weeks into camp. Man, doing really well, man. Feeling really good. Feeling healthy. Um, I think um, as a team, you know, uh, we're trying to make a stride, you know, especially during camp to try to stay healthy and get to the season as healthy as possible and as ready as possible. I had to do a double take when I look at the all pros in the secondary. You, AP, Derwin, Des, Des. Des, first team all pro in his second season. Yeah. When you look at that, that's wild to have four all pros in the secondary plus Bose and Ingram up front. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's wild to, you know, think about it. Um, you know, but I think I think each and every year you kind of got to reset, you know, reset each and every year and try to get, you know, get better than you were the, the year before. And I feel like the guys that were all pro last year, if they can get better and better and better each and every year, why can't you do all pro each and every year? Sure. You know, especially if the guys are getting better. Plus, you get a taste of it, Casey. You want to go back, right? You want to be all pro. And For forget sure. Orlando. You want Miami this year. Exactly. Uh, it's always good to be all pro, pro bowl. But you also, you know, definitely I think out of anything, people want to play in that Super Bowl. And uh, we got a taste of the playoffs last year. And, um, you know, we actually won a game in the playoffs last year. So uh, we got a little taste of it. And um, I've played in a game that was just one game away from the Super Bowl. So I know how good you got to be. To even in get Green to Bay, that situation, right? yeah. Who'd you guys play? We played Seattle. We lost on the um, onside kick to go to the Super Bowl, which is kind of crazy. Look who it is! Look who it is! Stay hydrated, my friend. Yeah, buddy. Get on here, Denzel Perryman. Yeah. What's up, man? Chilling, man. How you doing? Good. I uh, I did this on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Gatorade cups. Gatorade. Right? Oh, okay. Stay hydrated. <laughs> you gotta stay hydrated. Uh, that's his. That's his favorite line. That's his favorite line. So if you watch our Instagram stories, you know that every single day at training camp, Denzel Perryman's got a Gatorade cup. <laughs> and how did that start, man? Uh, I don't know. I just said one day I'm gonna try to get me a Gatorade endorsement. So I just been saying stay hydrated for like the longest. Casey, you were in one of them. Yeah, yeah. I came <laughs> back and I try to rebuttal it. You know what I mean? Uh, definitely. Anytime, because his is really funny each and every day. <laughs> it's so really good. it was one day I, I had my Gatorade. I was like, "Let me go on. Let me try it, <laughs> just in case Gatorade might come and try me too." You well, know, we got so we, we got electrolytes. We got lightning bolts. It makes too much sense. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm a saying. A lot of bolts going on. A here. lot of bolts going on in the Gatorade cups. And this is a guy who could be knocking down the door of a Pro Bowl this year. What's a healthy Denzel Perryman mean to this defense? It means a lot. Uh, if you go back and look at it, uh, the last two years when we had him in our defense and when we didn't, you know, you could tell the run defense was so much different, and the numbers prove it. You know what I mean? So a healthy a healthy DP definitely means a lot for our team, especially in the run defense and just in general. Once once he's out there, you can feel the difference. You can hear the pads thumping a little different, yep. and 
guys got to run the ball a little different. <laughs> people people be peeking peeking that when he at when he when he out there. You <laughs> know what I mean? 52. So <laughs> now for real, especially guys coming across the middle, that definitely helps me. Guys want to run slant. Yeah, I was gonna run say, how does it, and how he is, in the way. Hey, you got to duck a little bit. <laughs> how does his presence help the secondary further bolster and help the secondary? Oh, uh, definitely. Like he's a, he's a force, especially in the middle. Guys don't want to see fifty two head to head. I think that's what he thrives on. Uh, when we're in shells and stuff like this, you know, and everybody kind of look normal. But when he put his pass on, I feel like that's when he excels. And every day when we put pass on, he always say, uh-oh, today today. Yeah, this is What's that mean? He said, this is what I'm here for. Yeah, I'm here man. for pass. It's going to be a lot of clicking. It's going to be a lot of clicking. Yeah, man, I mean, like he said, you know, to piggyback on what he said, man, I feel like I can excel, like, in pads, you know, because everybody can be an all-star in helmets. You can fly around, you can do this, you can do that. But, like, you know, we play with pads on. So, I like, I mean, I love when we're in full pads. Well, it's funny because we, we watch practices out here, and, you know, you can comment on somebody gets an interception, somebody gets a touchdown, somebody makes a play, an athletic play. But it's different when the pads are on yeah. and you're going full speed on Sundays. Explain that difference and just – uh, what fans are watching here versus what they're actually going to see come week one against the Colts? Uh, for me, I would say, you know, a fan see, you know, just how NFL guys practice, you know, the type of tempo, you know, and just, you know, the way that, you know, we are, like, together. I mean, come game day, you know, it's a whole different ball game. Like, we don't have to worry about, I wouldn't say taking care of the guy next to you. I mean, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like, we're all out here, you know, competing, getting paid. You don't want to hurt the guy next, you know, uh, across from you. Sure. But at the same time, you know, you want to win your one-on-one battles. But I know for me, game day, like, all bets are off. So, like, if you ain't got a lightning bolt on your helmet, like, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. I think it's the same. Uh, when we out here practicing against each other, we try to take care of each other. You know what I mean? We're not trying to clean nobody up. Yeah, it's a big picture. Uh, yeah, exactly. Big picture. When the ball in the ass, sometimes you might be able to make a play, but you don't want to bring the guy to the ground type things. But in the game, all that, all that goes out the window. And we out there to win, no matter – we want to win our matchups, and no matter who's across from us, we want to win. And I think that's the mentality of this team. Uh, we, want to, we want to get into the season healthy, but also be ready when we get into the season. And it starts out here in practice. You got you to gotta come out here and get some real reps as well. You know what I mean? So I try to do everything full speed, you know, out here besides coming to collision sometimes. Sure. You know, and I'm pretty sure DP and the linebackers do the same thing. You got to have that mentality of uh, winning your matchups and going out here and competing every day. You guys were both here two years ago when Coach Lynn uh, started as the head coach. What's the biggest difference from 2017 to now, knowing the success that you've had over the last two seasons? I probably would go with just experience. We got a lot of guys that played a lot of ball, especially on defense, offense. We got a lot of experience. And like you said, Coach Lynn, was a, that was his first time being a head coach. Yeah. A look, lot of new for this team at that time. Right. And look, it, it's year three for him. Like he's a veteran doing it right now, a veteran head coach. And like you said, it was definitely new for us. It was our first year here, so everything was kind of new. And we started off a little slow, and we picked it up. And ever since then, we've been kind of going, you know, up and up. So hopefully this year we can continue to do the same thing. Yeah, and it's not just Coach Lynn, too. It's, it's the same coaches, offensive, defensive coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Just to have, you know, Coach Smith and, and Gus and, and Coach Lynn for the three straight years you guys have had them, how does it affect you, Denzel? I mean, uh it kind of affected me a little bit, you know, just because of, you know, the new system, new coaches, uh, you know, um, just new everything, man. New environment, you know, new facility, you know, new stadium, new everything. But 
we, we I mean, we just adjusted, man. And, you know, it wasn't a hard adjustment, I would say. Uh, defensively speaking, you know, it was a, a lot easier. You know, we were able to, you know, not uh, just be out there thinking, you know, just, you know, get the call, line up, and, you know, just play fast. And yeah. uh, that's what I love about Coach Gus's defense. And, you know, uh, just him in general, you know, he's always positive. You know, every day he has a message for us, you know, and it always hits home, you know, in, in some type of way. And with Coach Smith, man, Coach Smith is old school, man. Uh, you know, he's one of those coaches that you knows going to push you, you know, to the best of your ability, and he's just going to coach you hard. I got a serious question for both of you. How old is Thomas Davis, seriously? <laughs> How old is he, 35? I think, yeah, about no, 35. I'm, I'm being serious. It doesn't look like it, though. No, no, exactly. No, I he, think he's like 35, yeah. though. He moved like he's 28. Yeah, I no, I, I was going to say, I think like he's about 23, 24. Yeah, he moved pretty good. <laughs> I saw him running stride for stride with Cooper Cup. He can run. He can yeah. run. He can flat out run. What's he meant to the D this early? Sure, you can hover on that. I think he meant a lot. Uh, a guy that's played a lot of ball, then it's his 15th season. So anytime you get that kind of experience, he's been to multiple Pro Bowls, played on really good defenses. He played on the number one defense before. Uh, and, you know, with that kind of experience to this team, you know, as long as he knows the playbook and things like that, he's playing fast, and I just think he's going to bring a lot of experience to us. And he's seen so much that, you know, you can pick his brain off different things. So. I saw you guys racing today to the ball at the end of practice. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> What's yeah, that about? He's a stickler that, with yeah, that. that yeah. That's an everyday thing, man. If he catch you walking off the field, walking, you know, to the huddle, he'll make you go back to where you started walking from yeah. and jog back. I mean, that's, Really? Yeah. He gave me at least once, maybe once or twice. Oh, it's not just linebackers, though, right? <laughs> it's everybody, it's everybody yeah, man. Yeah. Like, he holds everybody, you know, to a certain standard, man. And, you know, like, little things like that, you know, just make us better as a team. You know, instead of, you know, walking there, you know, why not, you know, just trot there? Yeah. You know? You guys went from – Playing seven DBs in the playoffs to having a, a linebacking core right now with Kaiser coming back, yourself, Jatavis, Thomas, Drew Tranquil. Um, list goes on and on here. Mm -hmm. Coach Bradley was talking about just the, the physicality and the speed yeah. of this unit. How, how is this, this unit different than last year? Uh, I mean, last year, you know, we was hurt at that position bad, man. And I had to, you know, kind of explain why we went to 70 Bs. And, you know, now, you know, having guys come back like myself, JB, uh, Kaiser, and then, you know, adding guys like Drew. Uh, and Kyle, you know, he's gotten a lot better since, you know, last year as well. Um, it's just a lot of competition in the room right now, man. And, you know, we're all out there, you know, just feeding off each other, you know, learning from each other, you know, just trying to get better as a group, as a whole. How does that secondary make you better, Denzel? Starting with, with Casey. With this oh, guy. man, I mean, if I, if I, honestly, if I see Casey, I mean, you know, I give him the call, you know, we make our little communications, but, I mean, I know I ain't got nothing to worry about over there. Yeah. You know, and I know, you know, like just like, for instance, last week, you know, we had a, you know, a practice or whatever. And I dropped, you know, directly perfectly into, you know, the route that he had. And, you know, right afterwards, it was like, you know, that's exactly what we need right there. Perfect drop, perfect everything. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's about. Uh, I think as a whole, you know, especially for my position, like in our defense, sometimes the guys being in the right spot is just perfect for me. So, you know, compliment those guys when they are. Like, hey, you, you're there for me. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Like things like that. And, and the same. Because for me, when they clean up a run for me and I don't have to go in there and clean it up, <laughs> and I'd Save be like, for the next yes, yeah. save me. I don't got to go in there and thrash my body. <laughs> <laughs> but you also have guys that can take the ball away. Like, this can be a scoring defense, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, no, oh, that's another thing. We, me and him always talk all the time. He'd be like, yo, I want to work on my hands. I want to yeah. work on my hands. He always said that. You got one in Tennessee, right? I got to get my IQ up. Yeah, that's right. That's my IQ up. I got to get my IQ up. He see me jump around. He be like, "Hey, I got to get my IQ up." And then yeah. when he do, when he does, 
you know, you got to recognize it and compliment him. I don't know why I remember this, but I don't think Marcus Mariota ever threw a red zone interception. Nah, he didn't. He, until I mean, until yeah, he I, saw I give my, I mean, I give my credit, though, to Mayo, though, because he did tip the pass. Yeah. And, you know, it failed kind of right out of my hands. Yeah, tip yeah. those, got to get those. You know? If the LBs are good, I saw Kaiser made a nice snag today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that was yeah, nice. That, that, that was sweet. Nice. That was Real sweet. nice. Tell him he was showing out. But, I mean, Desmond's a ball hawk. You're a ball hawk. I mean, you get Nazir up and running. He did that at Delaware. Um, Derwin. Derwin. AP. I mean, this is a ton of guys. Rayshon, Mike, 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 Mike's had a couple Mike picks is, the past yeah, couple Mike days. Mike's doing really well. Trevor, Trevor's yeah. done it in the game. So it was secondary. This is this, <laughs> secondary, and it's it's not even a joke. It's just like name a guy. They've done it, and yeah. you guys can actually. There's gonna be there's gonna be weeks this year where the offense may have a tough day. You never oh, know, sure. right? And, and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. You guys have to pick each other up. Yeah, exactly. But you guys are in a position to win a game for this team if need be mm-hmm. from week one to week 17 and beyond. Yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, you can go to last year. I think we might have had like eight games that came down to the last minute. Yeah. And we got to make those plays. And I think we won all of them but one. And I think that was the Denver game. Yeah. Or two well, of them. I think them. so. It could have been two. But yeah. I was you, know, you guys had that in hand too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we, we got to figure it out, you know. But those – in the NFL, the games come down to close, narrow games, and we got to find a way to win, especially if, if we're up. Especially if we're up on defense, we figure it out. And on offense, we got to go down there and score as well. Yeah. Guys, get you out of here on this. Um, and the fans have come strong first couple of weeks of training camp. Just a message to the fans as you guys get ready for week one, a, a big season ahead, a lot of expectations that you guys put on yourselves. Uh, man, I say it every year, man. I, I always tell the fans, man, just stay tuned, man. Just keep supporting us, you know, you know, no matter how the ride goes, man. You know, just keep supporting us, keep coming out. You know, we'll, we'll put on the show. Yep. I said the same. Just, you know, good or bad, just stick around. And, you know, if it's bad, we'll try to turn it around. If yeah. it's good, we'll try to keep it going. But, obviously, everybody want to win each and every game, and hopefully we can do that for yep. the fans. Finally, elevator pitch. Denzel Gatorade, it's your oh, chance, yeah. man. We'll give it to him. <laughs> I mean, they reached out to my marketing people, so okay. Yeah, yeah. All I mean, right. They reached out to my marketing people, so I mean, I'm still gonna keep my, uh, you know, my little commercials going. All right, and, stay you know, Just let it go from there. Appreciate you guys. Uh, no, no problem, problem, man. Here with someone new to Southern California, new to the Chargers beat, Daniel Popper, the Athletic. Daniel, first, welcome to L.A., man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, doing well. It's been a little bit of a whirlwind. Uh, moved across the country from Jacksonville. I've been trying to find a place to live and getting used to the area. But What is this, like week three for you, week four? Yeah, I got here the tw- like the day before uh, report day, so the 23rd. So I guess it's been about two weeks. Moving all over the place. I had an Airbnb, it, staying, big, with right? a, staying with a family friend right now. Uh, so just trying to get it all organized, but it's hard to get mad when you have this weather every day. No, man, it's been it's been great. <laughs> the team has had great weather during training yeah. camp. You're coming from Jacksonville. Uh, first impressions of this Chargers team, a team that won 12 games last year, a team with a, a lot of the same players, a lot of the same coaches back in 19. Yeah, there's a lot of talent out there. There's a ton of talent. Um, you know, before I was covering the Jags, I was covering the Jets. So I've never really had the opportunity to watch an elite quarterback play in practice. So that's really the biggest thing I've taken away from these first two weeks of training camp is just getting to watch Phillip Rivers function on the field. Yeah. Uh, some of the throws he makes. I remember there's a throw to Hunter Henry he made that first week of training camp where he just fit it right over a jumping defender's arm. Perfect pass. I mean, that's, I wasn't seeing that stuff. No offense to Ryan Fitzpatrick or Blake Bortles or Geno Smith or any of those guys, but 
you know, Philip Rivers is just on a different level. So it's been a blast to watch him play. Um, and then just on the de- the amount of talent they have on the defensive side. I mean, that front is enormous and extremely athletic between Bosa and Ingram, Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery's finally out there doing team drills. I mean, he's an imposing body up front. Um, and then the secondary. I mean, Derwin. You're four all pros in right. the secondary. Watching Derwin James play, the guy, I didn't realize he was that big. He is an enormous <laughs> human being um, and a tremendous athlete. And then the, the corners on the outside, Casey Hayward, Trevor Williams, Mike Davis, uh, Desmond King on the inside at nickel. I mean, they just got athletic bodies all over the field. The secondary is tremendous. So definitely Phillip Rivers and then just the amount of talent they have on defense. The fact that Derwin James is 23 years old, uh, I think we forget how young he is yeah. and just how good he can be. And uh, first team all pro his rookie season. I think somebody told me, I think it was one of our PR people. I have to double check this, but I think Lawrence Taylor was the first player, or the last player, rather, to be first-team All-Pro his first two years in the league. Darwin has a good shot at that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just don't see that happen, especially at the safety position where you just have to be aware of so much that's happening on the field, everything in front of you. How good he got, as quickly as he got, it just doesn't happen. I mean, to be all of a sudden one of the best defensive players in the league after four or five games, I mean, it doesn't happen. And and that's the one thing that, that I've come in here is like, he has room to grow. That's what everyone is saying here. It's what Gus Bradley's saying. It's what Anthony, Anthony Lynn is saying. It's what Tom Telesco told us. You know, he's really good. He's an all-pro safety, but he has so much room to grow because he just doesn't have that much experience, which is kind of hard to rack your brain for. You know, like, how much better can he really get? Apparently much better. Just had Casey Hayward and Denzel Perryman with us, and we talked about the secondary, the fact that you have four all-pros. They play with seven DBs for a lot of the time in uh, those two playoff games mm-hmm. against the Patriots and against the Ravens. When you have Thomas Davis come in, when you have a healthy Denzel Perryman, uh, Jatavis Brown is back. He was hurt last year. He didn't play in that Patriots game. Kaiser White, uh, Drew Tranquil. This new linebacking core, uh, I think Gus talked about it earlier this week, fast and physical. Yeah, definitely. I'm actually working on a story on the linebacker group that will oh, be nice. coming out next week. I've been doing sort of these training camp battle stories, just focusing on some of the biggest competitions in camp. Nice tease, Daniel. Yeah, there you go. Theathletic.com slash team slash chargers. So I wrote a, a free safety story. I had a look at the uh, back end of the wide receiver depth chart, and then linebackers are next up. Um, I mean, the one thing that fans should understand is like they were playing with seven defensive backs out of necessity. Like, they didn't want to be playing with seven defensive backs. They wanted linebackers on the field, which is a big reason why they went out and got a guy like Thomas Davis. I think that got lost a little bit because yeah. of the success they had against Baltimore right. with that. Right. They were playing out of necessity. Right. You want linebackers on the field. That's why they went out and they signed Thomas Davis. And the one thing that I've heard from all the linebackers I've talked to, I talked to Denzel Perryman, I talked to Kaiser White, I talked to Richard Smith, the linebackers coach today, um, the leadership he brings, he holds that group accountable, all those young guys. Um, Denzel was telling me the other day that if any linebacker is walking when they get off the field, Thomas Davis oh, we just talked Thomas Davis makes them run back to the spot and run back. And guess what? No one's walking on the field anymore. And another story, I guess Kaiser and Thomas Davis, they bet push-ups. Uh, Kaiser owes Thomas Davis 1,000 push-ups right now. So uh, the guy just holds people accountable. And on top of that, he's smart. He understands. He's constantly teaching out there. Uh, his leadership and then just the level of players he's going to raise, uh, you know, all those young guys. Um, and I thought it was interesting today. This is what I'm sort of going to focus on. It seems like they're going to want Denzel Perryman at the mic, Thomas Davis on the outside at Will, and then they're actually playing Kaiser at Sam right now, which is pretty interesting to me because typically in this defense, and, and Todd Wash and Jacksonville ran the same scheme, you want a bigger guy at that Sam linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like Kaiser there right now, and they're really just trying to make him as versatile as possible so he can basically play all three 
all three linebacker spots. But it's a fascinating group for sure. It is. You go back to Thomas Davis real quick. Casey said that he holds everybody accountable on the defense, even Casey. Yeah. In terms of just well, running. 15 years, man. You, ab- you absolutely. So there's that, but let's not forget that the guy's also a player. He's a playmaker. He's got over 1,000. He's like third among active players and tackles in the NFL. I mean, the guy makes plays. And he's running like he's 10 right. years younger than he That's is. That's the one thing. Every guy is like... He's 15 years in the league, and he's running around like a rookie. Everyone's like, how is he doing that? But that's just, I mean, some guys are built different, man. Some guys are built different. Thomas Davis is certainly one of them. One of the guys we probably won't see on Thursday, Coach Lynn said, is is Phillip Rivers. And, and, you know, there's going to be – we'll probably see the first team very sparingly, uh, if at all, depending on the position. Uh, But just going into Thursday, what what are you looking for against this Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray-led team? Yeah, I mean, that's honestly a smart approach. Not to play your first team. I mean, at this point, you know you have a shot at a Super Bowl. You know you have enough talent for a Super Bowl. Get to week one with as many of your starters as you can. I'm totally with that. Um, I'm interested to see sort of how some of these rotations go. Offensive line specifically. How much of Forrest Lamp are we going to see at left guard? Uh, is it going to be Trent Scott at left tackle and Sam Tevye at right tackle? Um, where's Dan Feeney playing? Is he going to get some looks at center? Uh, we are talking about the linebackers. I'm going to be focused big time on sort of where some of these young guys are rotating in. Where is Drew Tranquil playing? I want to see Drew Tranquil. Right. Is he going to be at the mic? Is he going to be playing at the will? Where are we seeing him? I'm interested to see uh, the free safeties. Obviously, we'll probably see Rayshon Jenkins starting there. Is Jalen Watkins going to get some time? I'm curious about that. He's obviously coming off the ACL and sat out a few practices, so we might not see him. Um, and then the corner battle is interesting because Mike Davis has been getting a lot of the first-team reps, but Trevor Williams has been playing really well. He's a couple picks in camp. Um Interested to see how those two guys play. The, the depth in the secondary is something that's so intriguing because yeah. you can't play all these guys. You know, you can't play Mike Mike Davis and Trevor Williams and Desmond King and Casey Hayward and Derwin James and Adrian Phillips. Um, Roger Teamer, another guy who had a good yeah. uh, offseason. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of rises up and, and makes this football team. Yeah, and I know you quote tweeted me the other day after Aaron Springs had that. He had like three Aaron packs. Springs. I mean, he had three picks and in individual drills and was, was showing out. I mean, they have it's deep. They got a lot of players there. So I, what's going to be interesting about this first week is you're probably not going to get a whole lot of the starters. You're not going to get a lot of Casey Hayward. So these young guys are going to have an opportunity to, to go out there and show out. And you're going to get the same thing on, on the offensive side of the ball with the wide receivers. You know, I, not to plug my story again, but I, you know, writing about who's sort of going to fill the Tyrell Williams gap. You know, who's going to be the guy that steps up in the fourth, fifth, even the third wide receiver look, role. You know, it is it Andre Patton? It could be. Is it Artavis Scott? Is it Jeremy Davis? These are guys who haven't had huge impacts. You know, practice squad for Artavis and, and Andre Patton and, and Jeremy Davis has been more of a special teamer, but there's an opportunity here for those guys to go out and play. And you imagine they're going to get some time uh, in, in this first week of preseason. We'll see how they perform. But the dynamic in general just may look different when you have Hunter Henry coming yeah. back. You know, you didn't have Hunter last year. Tyrell stretched the field. Uh, Travis was hurt for a majority of last he year. He had a too. foot injury basically all year. Yeah, so it's going to be obviously Mike's going to get more reps. Uh, Keen is going to be there. Travis, and then you talk about Artavis Scott. You talk about Jeremy Davis. You talk about uh, Andre Patton. Mm-hmm. Those guys are going to have an opportunity. And I think Wizenhut talked about that earlier this week. Just how they separate in their routes. And, and it's one thing to get corrected on the field after something, but being on your own in a game. That's when you're really going to separate yourself in an effort to make this team. Yeah, and that's basically what every coach has been saying. You know, yeah, you can go out and, and show out and practice, even in these joint practices. But like, what are you going to do when the lights come on? And what are you going to do when the coaches have to be on the sideline? They're not standing on the field with you to, to give you direction. Um, so I think the coaches are going to take a lot out of this game because you're going to get a lot of reserves in there, and the, the bottom, you know, third of the roster will probably start to take shape after this first week.
One of the things I think talking to, especially the first team guys, these joint practices are probably more beneficial to them than the preseason games. Mm -hmm. Philip talked about the Rams getting 80 passes in. Um, Just the good work that you can go against a team, especially like the Rams. You got the NFC champs 10 minutes up the road. You got the uh, the other half of the NFC championship game coming to Jack Hammett uh, in a couple of weeks. So the the fact that you can get good work in um, against teams like the Rams and the Saints, uh, independent of these preseason games, I, I think the first teamers they probably get their best work here at training camp. Right, exactly. So like the, the your starters probably appreciate the joint practices a little bit more. But as Philip Rivers said, he sort of walked it back a little bit. The guys that are vying for roster spots, I mean, there's a lot of guys around the league who have shown out in a preseason game and turned it into a contract and turned it, break the, and turned it into a segments, career. Yeah. Right. So the top half of the roster is probably going to appreciate the joint practices more because they're getting more reps. But the bottom half of the roster and the guys that you know are trying to make a, a name for themselves in the NFL, these preseason games give them an opportunity to go out and make plays on the field during live action, and that's very valuable. But the one thing I should say is, I mean, the Chargers and Rams deserve a lot of credit. I mean, it was a professional two practices, and you see around the league during these joint practices, it's heated out there, oh, especially yeah. if it's hot. You get a lot of fights, uh, you know, injuries. You know, for the most part, guys stayed healthy. You didn't see a lot of you know big hits or fights or anything like that. So they just deserve a lot of credit for keeping it professional out there. And the fact that they had it so early. Like mm-hmm. Nobody else up until yesterday had joint practices, if I'm not mistaken. So the fact that you get two joint practices in with a team that went to the Super Bowl last year before your first preseason game, to get that stuff on tape for the coaches, I, I think that's invaluable. Yeah, it's tremendously valuable. And then you got two more coming up with the Saints. So you're going to get four joint practices in and, and talk about getting your, getting your starters in, in shape and ready for the season. Like we were talking about, there's probably nothing more valuable than these joint practices, especially for a guy like Phillip Rivers. He's talking about getting 40 throws in a practice. just doesn't happen very often. So obviously, you know, there's a reason he said that he gets more out of two joint practices than 10 preseason games combined. Well, Daniel, we're thrilled to have you on the beat, man. We'll see you in Arizona. Um, Pub, everything you got going on right now. So Chargers fancy in Los Angeles can read your work. Yeah, so it's theathletic.com slash team slash Chargers. Um, You've got to subscribe to the website, but you get access to every single team that we cover. We have national writers. Um, I do a weekly Q&A with subscribers. You can come on, ask me whatever you want. I answer all the questions. Um, and then all my content is there at, at theathletic.com slash team slash chargers. Um, I hope you guys out there will subscribe. I promise you I'm working my butt off to give you guys the best content you can possibly ask for. Um, and I promise you that if you do subscribe, you won't regret it. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Daniel, appreciate your time, man. Thanks a lot. With Kurt Sandoval, ABC7, year 20 for you covering sports in L.A. How are you, sir? Not bad for a guy who said I'd never moved to Los Angeles, right? You never said you'd move to Los Angeles. From where? I was in Denver, and I came out here on a vacation, and it was uh, like 3 o'clock on the 101. I was like, I will never take a job in Los Angeles. <laughs> and 20 years later, here I am. Look at you now, right? <laughs> it's awesome. Well, you know what, man? I always see you at the stadium. I always see you out here at uh, Jack Hammond Sports Complex. And we've talked about getting you on the podcast for a long time. Yeah. We just you. keep, it's like ships passing in the night because everybody's so busy. So I right. pin you down today man it was it's awesome a, it was a fun uh, it's been a fun couple weeks out here yeah especially with the rams you know coming in and um i like the fact that the first preseason game is thursday breaks up a little bit of the monotony if you will and gives us something to talk about and uh, man it, it, what's not to be excited about with this team the way they finish the way they've got guys back healthy you know certainly the melvin gordon and russell okung thing is is are, are real issues that could put a big sting in this season but that's still a ways away I, I 
there's a lot to be excited about with this team. And you've been here from the start, from 2017, when Coach Lynn came in in his first year. Just describe what you've seen. You know, starting 0-4, right? Right. Building and getting out of that hole, 9-7, and 12-4. You win a playoff game last year, and a, a lot of the same people here trying to get to a Super Bowl. And, Chris, I'll even take it a half step back. Before I came to Los Angeles, I spent four years of my life in San Diego, you know, covering the Chargers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I go back to when Bobby Ross was, you know, the head coach and Stan Humphreys was the quarterback. So the complex was still the same. So when they hired Anthony and you go down there, it was so awkward to see here's a team, here's a coach, here's a media contingent, here's an enormous fan base, and they're all going to be in our backyard. And then they lose that first game, a close game in Denver, and they start 0-4. And what I've admired, and i very blessed I've been doing this crazy sports thing for 32 years, and Anthony Lynn stands out. He is, Doesn't he? He's a, he's a player's, he's, he's a genuine, great human being. And you meet a lot of those people in covering sports, you know, high achievers. Um, we just did a sit-down with him because this first preseason game is on ABC7. And what fascinates me about Anthony is his background as a man who was raised without a dad. And now the good Lord has put him in his position to be a leader of men. And I find that fascinating and was talking to him about that. And he credits his mom. He credits his coach at Texas Tech. But it, at the end of the day, it's it's your own character, and he is such a high character man that he demands respect. He, but at the same time, he's he's loose too, and that's a that's a tough combination in the NFL. I tell you, Kurt, I try to use this platform as much as possible to sing his praises because, it, okay, at the end of the day, it's a results-driven business. Absolutely. Right? It is. And, and that's what Chargers fans, they want wins. They want to get to the playoffs. They want to go to a Super Bowl. Right. Everybody wants that here. But what he does and the kind of guy that he is, uh, how he's used his platform, you know, to get his college degree after no question. his first year, to go to Tanzania and build a school. Unreal. Um, it's it's hard to put into words. I mean, he has an aura about him. Um, he comes from the school of Parcells mm-hmm. and Mike Shanahan mm-hmm. and Bill Walsh identified him as a coach. Rex Ryan. Um, he's been through a lot of different regimes, but at the same time, he's not one of those guys. He's him. He's himself. He's, he's authentic, and I, I think right, you can speak to that better than anybody just talking to him. You know, it's interesting you say that, Chris, because so I'm 55, and when I was 21, 22 my first real exposure to this crazy thing called NFL football, I was a senior in college and I was a full-time media intern for the Denver Broncos, 1985. Mm. So like Elway's third year, Dan Reeves was the head coach. And I would, because I was full-time, I would listen to every single press conference and Dan Reeves. I, I heard it a million times him saying the little things are the big things, the little things. It's such a fine line between winning and losing. And then, so you have Dan Reeves, and you have Mike Shanahan, and then you have Coach. And, and you'll always hear him say, Anthony, the little things are the big things. And it's like, it's eerie to me how the coaching tree, but to your point, he is his own man, and, and he embraces that. And he's, um, I, I jokingly, I, I told him this, the first time I met him, I was like, I was scared to death of him. You know, it's like, good God, <laughs> look at this man. You he know? just has a presence about him. But he's a teddy bear, and, and he's, he's compassionate but stern. And I just think that is, you know, 
The greatest coach ever in any sport, in my opinion, is John Wooden. And John Wooden always talks about balance. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Anthony Lynn has. I think this organization is so blessed to have him, uh, to have his leadership. And I think the future is incredibly bright with this organization with him. We, we talked about this the, going into training camp. and Just the things that you can control, right? You can control preparation. You can control when you come in. You can control things on the football field that it may not require talent, you know, and, and just to your point about the little things, those are the things, the difference between winning and losing in the National Football League. No question. And, and if you don't have those habits, um, if the team doesn't buy into those habits, you're probably going to lose more than you win. Right. And I think it's a testament to what's been going on here. And when you have a lot of the same guys on the roster that hold each other accountable. That's the yeah. one thing I noticed, Kurt, um, and you see it out here, obviously, but it, it, it goes back to minicamp. These guys are coaching each other mm-hmm. on the football field, and, and Coach embraces that. He, he wants the veterans to hold the younger guys accountable. He wants the veterans to hold the veterans accountable, and that's certainly what you see out here each and every day. And that's what they talked about going back to OTAs, like you said, is they've created a culture. The fact that they haven't had turnover in the coaching staff, they've got a rock-solid coaching staff, and let's face it, you know, Philip Rivers is a future Hall of Famer, and when he's... It's just different out here when you watch him play. Oh, my gosh. And, and I'll tell you, you know, you know as a journalist, like, for the people listening, a lot of times fans will say to me, you know, ah, you know, about USC or UCLA or, you know, the Chargers or, you know, the Lakers or the Clippers... And it, I'm not a fan. Journalism 101, you, you know, you separate yourself from that. So I grew up in Denver. And, you know, Chargers were, you know, public enemy number two. Yeah, it's Broncos country. <laughs> right. And so, but I, I'm 25 years removed from that. But Philip Rivers, I was like, really? You know, there is no bigger Philip Rivers fan than the guy talking to you right now. He is... And I tell my family this in Colorado, and I'm like, listen, the, the guy is so... Because for what we do, it's not, it's not about winning and losing. It's about their character, you know? And does anyone have better character than he does? He's amazing. And his, just his spirit and his love for football. And he was, going back to your point, you just were talking about, about the fine line between... He'll be the first guy to tell you that. that and that's the leadership that I think the Chargers are seeing um, this year in particular, hey, you know, you look at Carolina a few years ago when they lost to the Broncos in the Super Bowl, they went 13-3, and three, and next year they missed the playoffs. And it's guys like Phillip who are reminding them of that. And, you know, there is no – they have to rebuild. They have to rebuild. There's so much talent, but every they're not going to sneak up on anybody. And that, well, it, it, it doesn't that, carry over. Right. 12-4 and four is not going to carry over to this year. And, Chris, look at game one. Indy. Indy. Look how how well they finished last year. Yeah. You know, at Houston Week Three with Deshaun Watson and JJ Watt. I mean, uh, a team that was in the playoffs last exactly. year. Exactly. So, and again, you go to Detroit. You think Detroit's gonna be a pushover in Week Two? Right. Right. You know? I, I don't care who you are. It, all thirty-two teams can win. No question. No question. And and this team can. And and it goes back to what you know, Dan Reeves, Mike Shanahan, Anthony Lynn, yeah. the little things. And and that's what they're really doing is the little things. I feel like I've talked a lot about Thomas Davis over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy that wasn't here last year, but 15 years in the league, and just the way he's held people accountable, 
you know, top to bottom on the football team. Uh, again, another leader that just kind of adds to this nice mix of young and, and veteran on this defense that could probably win some games for this team on its own in 2019. You know, it's I, since it's a podcast and we have time, I'm going to tell you my Thomas Davis story. Please. He is, to me, he is Dr. Joe V. Hill. So here's who Dr. Joe V. Hill is. Anyone who's listening to this who, who knows long-distance running, Dr. Joe V. Hill was uh, an Olympic distance coach, and he started at this really small college in, in the mountains of Colorado called Adams State, and they won 14 national championships in 15 years. And you know what his recruiting tool was? What's that? He would go to the state championship and get the guys who finished second, third, fourth, fifth. He, he'd never go after a kid who won a state championship. That's Thomas Davis. Because when he came into that press conference, the hunger he has of losing a Super Bowl is still palatable to me. And we've also all been in places where you get a second kind of boost in your career or, or a move. You know, yeah. for me, it was moving from San Diego to L.A. You know, I'd been doing it for 15 years and, man, now I'm in L.A. And it's like a start over. It's a new energy. That's Thomas Davis to me. And, and the accountable, the push-ups and making guys run off the field. That's the stuff that doesn't show up in the box score that shows up on Monday with a W. Well, how about the perseverance too, Kurt? I mean, to have multiple ACL injuries and to be the only defender from the 2005 draft class that's still in the league. Unreal. Only defender. And he himself, and it's it's one of my favorite parts of sport is the mental emotional. He himself questioned if this is it. But it just goes to show you as human beings, as the human race, the most powerful thing, both positive and negative, is right between our ears. How we think mind and his mind is brilliant. Kurt, what have you observed over the last couple of weeks that, that's kind of stood out to you that may be a little bit outside the, the norm of the, the Phillip Rivers and the, the Keenan Allens and, and the like? The, the biggest thing I would say is I think they're pretty deep at linebacker. I think they're going to be pretty strong in that position. Um, they and turned a weakness into a strength. Isn't that weird? It's crazy. Two years ago, it was their greatest weakness. Um, and obviously, and I don't mean to be cliche, but that is going to be completely related to health. Can this team stay healthy? And uh, that number 99 who changed to 97. He's a good player. He's, he, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, he was great last year. And then he's, he's talking about now he was never even right when he got back. And then you see him on, on like this morning, I was in the deep corner of the practice field watching him. Like he... You don't have to be a football coach, and when you watch like 12 guys hitting that dummy and how much quicker, faster, and he jumps out. And these are among the elite elite. I'm like, good Lord, he's good. Well, Kurt, you talk about the health and the cliche, but it's just so true, though. I mean, there's no two ways around it. If you had Joey Bosa at the beginning of last season, I mean, versus when he came in, like I think week nine, week yeah. 10, something, something like that. I think nine, yeah. The way he plays... It just, I think it brings an added dimension to this defense on the other side of Melvin Ingram to have a secondary that can take the ball away with, mm-hmm. with the ball hawks that they have. Mm-hmm. And that, just the, pa- the pass rush and the cover, they, they work together. So you have 97, 54, and then the other 99, Jerry Tillery, Kirby. who we're starting to see a little bit more of now. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. This team went 12 and 4 and didn't win the division. They tied for the division. But here's a crazy, you know, stat. Here we are in a 2019, the last year of this decade, 
And in this decade, only two teams in the FC West have won the division, the mm. Chiefs and the Broncos. And the last team to do that before was the Chargers in uh, 2009. So it's been 10 years. How about that for a stat, Kurt? Right? Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. 10 years, and, and they were the last team in the previous decade. But in this decade... If the Broncos or Chiefs, and it'd shock me if Denver would win the division, but if the Chiefs won the division, that means in this decade only two teams won the division. And Anthony Lynn will be the first to point out, yeah, well, he won a Super Bowl with a team that was a wild card. So it can be done, especially he had a Hall of Fame quarterback in Elway. He's got a future Hall of Famer in Rivers. But I do think you just look at history and those teams that get that first win round by and mm-hmm. now you're one home win away from playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Invaluable. It's invaluable. And this team was awesome on the road last year. They, Absolutely. They were undefeated on a plane going into that Patriots game. Winning in Pittsburgh, winning in Kansas City. Winning in Seattle. How about that? Right. You know, you know even in a place like Cleveland, like Buffalo, you, you go to these places on the East Coast, uh, it's hard to go west to east and win a football no game. No question. So, but at the same time, how about having a first-round bye in a home game? That would that would be nice, and I think all these guys would tell you if they had a first-round bye in a home game, they'd probably take that. You know what, and Chris, I'm a storyteller, and I want that story. I want a home playoff game in the last year of the soccer stadium. Yeah. You know? I mean, and I'll tell you, and I'm starting to see it now, especially as I'm on uh, San Diego radio now and then because uh, of my time down there. I'm telling you, Charger fans, forgiveness just takes a while. And when they won that first playoff game against Baltimore, I think Charger fans are starting to migrate up north. And when they get into that new stadium next year, if they can keep winning this year, it's just great. It's great for all of Southern California. It's been a, it's been an awesome year. It's been a fun year. And we're going to kick things off on Thursday. We have on KFI, Money and DJ doing the game on radio. ABC7, Spiro Adidas, Dan Fouts. Dania Tomlinson, Haley Elwood, you're going to be there as well. Right. Some stuff in the locker room, pre, pre-game stuff too? We do pre-game and a post-game show on ABC7 right after the game. Awesome, man. With well, Rob and Ashley. I, I can't wait for Thursday. It's going to be fun. Another season with you. Yeah. years in L.A., man. You know, it's we'll awesome. solve the world problems on these sidelines, Chris. Yeah, we'll make, we'll make things happen, <laughs> and we'll have you back. You won't be a stranger to this podcast. I really appreciate it. Enjoy your format, man. All right, guys, that's going to do it. A big thanks to Kurt Sandoval, Daniel Popper, Casey Hayward, and Denzel Perryman for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Chargers Weekly on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please give us a rating and review. Help spread the word. Enjoy the game on Thursday. You can listen to it on KFI with DJ and Money. You can also watch it on ABC7 with Spiro Ditas, Dan Fouts, and LaDainian Tomlinson in the booth, Haley Elwood on the sidelines. Have a great rest of the week, and until next time, I'm Chris Harey.